cheesy intro. Cue cheesy intro. <laughs> Parmesan. Oh, what's your favourite cheese, Coxie? Mozzarella. Uh, there is a beautiful Dutch, I think it's a Gouda, maybe. it. Yes. Is that the right way to say it even? I don't know now. Gouda, I think. Well, that's how Gouda. Australians say it. It's probably said Gouda. Well, well, and being Dutch, you think I'd know, but I do not. There is a beautiful Dutch Gouda and it has cumin seeds through it. And it's the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life. It has what seeds through it? Cumin. Cumin. I thought it was cumin. Cumin. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. All right, now we've got to get serious. Right, hey, listeners, we're getting serious about cumin or cumin. Or Gouda or Gouda. Or At least I don't say is. parsley, Raquel, if you're listening. Parsley. <laughs> parsley. Parsley. There's a bit of a hangover from her time overseas. I bet. Parsley. But but who says parsley? I don't know. They must have said it in Europe somewhere. All right. Okay. Well, here at Tradies in Business, <laughs> we say that coaches are awesome. <laughs> of course we say coaches are awesome and we say coaches are awesome because you're an excellent coach Warwick. right back at you nicole it's like looking in a mirror <laughs> <laughs> i'm Listeners, not that great if, if you don't know ah oh, wow for those watching the video yes see those things they are gray hairs and they only appeared about four years ago when Nick and I started working together. Fair point. I, I am the cause of many a grey hair. <laughs> we are talking coaching and coaches. And we dropped an episode uh, recently about basically a, a quote from a client uh, when we were chatting to them about their journey. And they had this idea that only successful people have business coaches. It's a cracking statement. And, and I guess the, the extension of that, that thought is that, and I'm not successful, therefore I shouldn't have a business coach. And yet logic dictates that the opposite is actually true. We talked in that previous episode. If you haven't listened to it, go and find it. Um, it's a cracker where we don't actually talk about what we do here. We just talk in general about coaching and business ownership and sports coaches and how somehow many of us see a difference between the two and that there's this stigma about having a business coach or a life coach and yet we all pretty much broadly accept that if you want to get better at your sport whether you're a squash player or a footy player or a netball player or a swimmer or whatever you go get yourself a great coach mm. so in this episode we thought well let's talk about what does a business coach actually do or let me rephrase that coxie what should they do for you i think it's a really good opportunity for us to point out that again every coach works a little differently so we're going to talk quite generally about it and in order to find the right business coach for you you need to go and have chats with business coaches and find one that fits for you find one that has a program that works for you that meets you where you're at because we're all at different stages on our journey and at different stages we require different support so it's a good time to point that out and then we can talk about what it is that a business coach actually does. Well, it's wizardry and mastery 
of the very highest form. Hang on, just let me go and get my pointed hat. (laughs) My nose looks like a witch's nose. (laughs) If I just get a wart on the end of it, we'll qualify. It's not that um, mind-blowing. There's no smoke and mirrors. It's actually just supporting you to make changes in what you're already doing. So, for example, if we talk about the classic one that we, we talk a lot about with our clients, a sales process, you already have one. Even if it's not documented in your head, there's a way you do things. There's a natural order in the way stuff happens around your sales process and selling what you sell, your product or your service. What we do as coaches is come in and have a look at where you're at right now and help you find something that will get you more of the results that you're looking for. So we'll help you redesign your sales process so that you get a consistent outcome rather than spending all that time with tire kickers. So we're just here to help educate you on a different way to do what you're currently doing to get a more consistent result. That's it. Smoke and mirrors are gone. <laughs> I I think I referenced this in another episode a while back and we, and we did talk about how to get the most out of your coach um, months ago on the, on the show. Mm. Um, and I often reference this, and it's and I think it's a quote from Tiger Woods, and I apologise for not re- remembering this accurately. Whoever said it said this: "You can't see yourself swing." It was a golf player, yeah. and you know I talked in our previous episode about this around my squash, uh, my competitive squash that I played years ago. I mean, we had video, and that's a great way to self-coach. But I think the difference being someone else can see you doing it in the moment and help you adjust on the fly. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's rules in some sports where you, your coach isn't allowed to give you input from the sidelines because mm. it's seen as a competitive advantage. Exactly. So they're actually barred from speaking to you while you're in the game. Mm. And yet from a business coaching perspective, good coaches will give you live feedback as you're playing the game of business, as you're doing things. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 don't, don't pass the ball to him. Uh, that's going to that's gonna expose you over here on the wing. Did you like my, my footy reference there, Coxie? I, you almost sound like you know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, meters gained and tackle rate. <laughs> so <laughs> grass and sweaty men and stuff. Anyway, uh, you can see why I played squash. So (laughs) live feedback means you don't lose the game and then go watch the video and go, okay, where did I go wrong? Mm. You're actually in it right now. And it's like, hey, um, I've just had a look at some of the invoices I've sent out and I realized that I'm losing money on these jobs. Mm. Instead of waiting till you get to the end of the year and you go meet with the accountant and they do the, the, the big back costing analysis, which is business-wide and say, yep, well, the, uh, the numbers are in. You had a really bad year. Uh, you probably should have a look at your pricing or something. Mm. It's like, wow, we did 12 months of work for free? <laughs> that sucks a bit. It does. I wish we'd figured that out earlier in the year. And that's what a good one of the things I guess that a good coach can do is give you that live feedback so that you know maybe you only stuff up two or three jobs instead of two or three hundred. Yes. And the size of your losses and the time that you waste uh, is minimized. And that's where you 
ought to be getting a return on your investment in your coach is you're actually paying them to save some future losses. It makes it really hard to, to do a spreadsheet and demonstrate that, okay, you're going to get a 72.9% return on your coaching investment uh, <laughs> because it just depends on how how many mistakes you're making at the moment, the size of the mistakes, the decisions that you're making or not making at the moment. And so it's really, it, it can be difficult for coaches and clients to quantify the value in it sometimes. And yet I think when I when I look at some of our clients, Coxie, and the, the people I've worked with over more than a decade, they realize that, man, this feels a lot different to what I've done for the last seven years. Yes. And deep down, I know that some of the things I was doing didn't look like this and they would have cost me a lot more money and I would have made a lot more mistakes. Mm. So I think that's a big part of business coaching is it's on the fly feedback. So you can adjust in real time and avoid some of those, those um, ongoing problems in your business and your life. It's a great time to point out that, again, not every coach is the same. So some coaching programs will be a, a steadfast program where you learn in a an order. It'll take you through an order of learning so that you can put the necessary changes in place in your business over a 12-month, two-year period, whatever that may look like. Other coaches will work one-on-one -on -one with you, so it'll just be the coach and you, and they'll work through perhaps a similar program, but with some extra opportunities to look more closely at your business, your own business. And then there are other coaches that will work with you and meet you exactly where you're at. So they'll take some time to get to know you, they'll understand your business, they'll understand what it is with their experience they can see as warwick referenced they can see your swing so they see where things are perhaps falling down or where there's opportunity for improvement and they are able to deliver that feedback on an ongoing basis live um, so that you can make those changes and then other coaches will have group programs that mean that not only will you be getting their feedback you'll also be getting the feedback of some of your peers within business who are going through the exact same thing you are. So there's a lot of different ways in which coaches uh, deliver what they're able to deliver in that critiquing, that live feedback, that education, empowerment, the the rah-rah because we all do a bit of that because we like to celebrate your wins. We all do it very differently and a big part of finding the right coach for you is understanding what you think you need and asking some critical questions around, okay, well, what do I think I need? This Giving that feedback to the coach and allowing them to explain to you, well, that's right up my alley. This is the way we work with that or that's probably not going to fit with the program and the way we have it structured. But I suggest you speak to these guys or I su suggest you look for this in a coach. Um, you should have the opportunity. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We, we regularly say uh, to some of the clients that we meet with that I'm sorry, I'm not sure that this is the right fit for you right now. When you're ready, we'll be here. Until then, maybe check out this and this. Mm. Uh, because a good coach will do that. They, they only want to see you succeed and they need to be able to get to an end of a period of time and say, okay, well, where are we at? Can you see the changes that you've made? Are you moving forward? Can you see the increase in your turnover or your profit? Most importantly, your profit. This is where those changes have come in place to make these changes for you moving forward. Um, so yeah, it needs to be transparent, needs to be honest that you want somebody that's on your side. You want someone that's on your team, leading your team, excited for you and your business to be making improvement and moving forward. The other thing that I believe 
a good business coach um, can do for you is keep keep you going through the grindy bits, through the ugly bits. Uh, good coaches have probably lost a lot of money, lost a lot of relationships, made a lot of mistakes, upset a bunch of people, invested a ton in their own education. Uh, it's probably through all the previous things I listed. And, and one of the things that I find um, some of the great coaches I've personally had and we've had uh, and I, I guess we should make the point, listeners, that Nick and I have a coach. Uh, okay. We invest significant sums of money in our own coaching and development. Mm-hmm. Um, we always do try and eat our own cooking, as as yucky as it tastes sometimes, uh, very much like pineapple. But <laughs> good coaches are, I think, some of our best cheer squad leaders and... In the previous episode, we talked a bit, Coxie, about that whole um, stigma about you know the American coaching model, and I don't know where the heck that came from. I think it's from you know the American life coach industry back in the '90s, you know, and a lot of the jumping up and down to loud music stuff and walking over hot coals and all that. Um, and in all honesty, I don't actually see anything wrong with that. It's just often I think that's just a BS um, excuse and justification that a lot of us Australians give for not throwing ourselves into more of that because imagine if we all actually celebrated wins and celebrated each other more these days what sort of a landscape we would have particularly in the business world so anyway um, my own little personal commentary aside uh, great coaches can help us get through those tough spots where we ask ourselves some of those crappy questions like what am I even doing this for And is this ever going to get any better? And why is it so hard? And oh my gosh. And feeling weighed down and and burdened. And I think also to to take my foot out of my mouth and my tongue out of my cheek is that feeling of overwhelm and and just, just feeling like we can't go on. We can't do any more. We can't make a decision. There's too much happening. And good coaches are able to come in and I think lift that black cloud a little bit uh, so that we can see that there's a crack in the in the darkness and something that we can work on and move towards and then get going again. And, and I know I've been through that with coaches over the years and I know there's been coaches who haven't actually been able to get me out of those scenarios and I've had mm. to find someone who could. Absolutely. Yeah, it's okay. It's... It's okay to break up with your coach. You, they're yeah. not going to fit you forever. They really won't. And you referenced this in the previous episode. They really don't. And it's actually quite flattering for a coach for you to have reached that point in the relationship with them So because they have the opportunity to look back with you and see the work that you've done and that you've reached the stage in which you're ready to let them go. It's a little bit like letting your kids go once they grow. And that's part of the process. Part of that process is letting you, pushing you out there, letting you do it on your own and moving forward. And perhaps at that point you find a new coach, a different coach that's got another perspective that helps you improve even more. I think the other thing that good coaches do is hold you accountable. Mm, so if you, you, it does, <laughs> look, it's not easy. And 
it's that little bit of encouragement that we all need to actually get the stuff done that we say we're going to do. It's too easy to shift the goalposts when you are working on your own in your business without any accountability to others. You might be accountable to your partner. You might be accountable to your team. You might be accountable to your clients. So you'll work on those things that are priority, but you won't work on some of the on the business stuff typically. It'll just become another thing that'll get done sometime. And you might say, I'm going to work on my sales process in the next month and it never happens because you're not accountable to anyone. You, you, It's just you in business. So it becomes the last thing on your list consistently. So a big part of coaching is actually making you accountable for the things you say you're going to do and helping to push you over the line when you need that bit of a shove. Because we all do, even you and I do with our coach. We often have fantastic ideas, get all excited and then they go nowhere because it all feels too hard except when we've told the coach and he keeps us accountable. So we have to keep pushing. There might be one of those projects on our desk at the moment even. <laughs> yeah. And there's a session coming up and I'm thinking, man, we really need to do something about that because he's going <laughs> to sit there. It's like saying, how did you go with this? I'm like, mm, orkies. <laughs> the other aspect of a great relationship with a, with a good coach. I, I don't want to say great coach because I don't think you need a great coach to get great results. I think you just need a good coach to get great results is the ability to share other stories with us so mm -hmm. that we realize we're not the only one that's ever experienced this or currently experiencing this, whatever this is. And time and again, we see this in our own community that when, when people turn up to a, a group session, you know, a small group session, and they hear someone else languaging what they are going through, you can just see the, mm. the dawn of realization on someone's face where it's like, holy crap. And, the, and people have said this to us, listeners, people from our tradepreneur community, and I've heard this in, in you know, group work that I've done over the years as an attendee as well. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that someone else would be going through almost the exact same thing. And even if it's not exactly the same situation, it's a similar struggle or a similar headspace or mm. they've, they've made a similar mistake with their, their management of their variation process or with their lack of focus on personal time and you know mindfulness or whatever it is, whatever the, the bazillion facets of success in inverted commas for those watching this on, on the video. I just did the tweet tweet thing for the podcast listeners. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it's that, oh, I've got something in common with someone else who not only are they going through or have gone through a similar struggle, they've found a way through it. They've found a way to deal with it. They've found a way to overcome it or to make peace with it, whatever that is, and actually move forward and move ahead. And that to me is one of the most fabulous things about our own community here at Tradies in Business and among some of the other great coaches that we see out there in this space mm. is they bring together those war stories, I guess, mm. uh, as a way to actually normalize what you're feeling in this moment in your business and your life. Two things I want to say. Number one, I think the most important thing about your choice with a coach has to be the connection, mm. the opportunity to be vulnerable. If you don't feel like you can be honest about where you're at with the people that you're talking to, they're not right for you. Mm. If you feel comfortable enough to share some of those areas that you might be a bit embarrassed about or share 
some of those questions that you think everybody else already knows the answer to, if you feel comfortable in that, then you are with the right people. Mm. The, the program, the structure doesn't really matter as much as finding that connection and being comfortable. And there was another thing I was going to say and it's gone and jumped out of my head whilst I was passionately talking about the connection and how important that is. Oh, some red flags. I was going to share that the only red flag realistically when it comes to coaching and programs and how they work or don't work is that lack of connection. If you don't feel comfortable and you can't be vulnerable, that's a red flag. That's not right for you. The, the program, you can make the program work no matter what it looks like if you're comfortable. It is the most mm. important thing. And, and I think that sort of leads into one last thing I wanted to, to reference there, Coxie, is perhaps a misconception about what makes a good coach. Mm. And I want to use the sporting thing again. And I, and I shared my example of, of squash coaches back in the day when I was playing competitive squash. It's not necessarily the best player. The, the, the coach who's had the most successful business or made the most money or had the most flashy cars or won the most business awards or whatever, doesn't actually make them the best coach for you. Now, sure, it might mean they're a great coach in reality, and I'll be perhaps a little controversial here, Coxie. Uh, it probably just means they were the best at marketing themselves yes. and their own achievements. Uh, and that's okay too, because if that's a skill set that you want for your business, then you know you go find that person who's sold more of their own services and you know pitched themselves for more of their own awards. Uh, if that's something that you think is important to you, mm. I personally believe, as a, as a coach, that it's more about what Coxie's talking about, which is that connection, the understanding, the willingness to take risks and to speak plainly, um, and to ask the hard questions. And so I would encourage you listeners, if you are looking at coaches or pondering it, not to be tricked into thinking that you need the, the biggest and the best to get the best results for you. Because honestly, you could go and get, I don't know, like let's, let's say Anthony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey, you know, just to look at the life coaching space. Just because they're the biggest and they've got the, the biggest profile and the most followers and they've run the most events and had the most transformational experiences for all of their attendees, doesn't mean they're actually the best coach for you. No. Uh, in fact, it can mean quite the opposite. Mm. So don't be afraid of grassroots. Don't be afraid of small profiles. Don't be afraid of a pair of idiots with a podcast that talk a lot of crap. Uh, be very and- afraid. <laughs> But it is, uh, it's, it's definitely more about the personal connection. I've worked with some very high profile coaches over the years, personally, um, coaching me. And some of my greatest coaches have even been chats with people that I didn't pay for. Mm. Um, or with coaches that didn't have a name, you know, they, they weren't publicly well known. They didn't charge me the most money. Um, they didn't have the sexiest website. And yet they were great coaches and they were perfect for where I was at at that point in time. So um, the greatest players don't necessarily make the greatest coaches. Coffee. You stole my line. I was about to yes. say that. <laughs> and in fact, if you look at the sporting arena, many great players, many great sports people have bombed out Wally as Lewis. coaches. Wally Lewis yeah. is not a good coach, but he was a sensational player. Yes. 
So coaching is a very different skill set to playing. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> it reminds me of the really bad joke that we didn't use uh, on the previous episode, Coxie. But, uh, you know, just, just because someone's done well in business doesn't mean they can actually teach you to do the same. Yep, it's a good point. I think we've unraveled what a coach does. Mm. It's time for you What all. they should do too, yeah. Yeah, well, what they should be doing, that's right. And and again, the most important thing is that connection and making sure that you can be vulnerable with them because in vulnerability comes the results. It is the only way to move forward. If you think you're doing everything perfectly and you don't feel like you need to change, then you don't need a coach. If you think that there is opportunity for you to change, make different choices in your business, then perhaps it's time for you to start looking towards getting a coach and helping you find those success markers that you're looking for for you and your business. If you want to find more about coaching or coaches or anything else, um, there's a thing called Google. Uh, <laughs> don't use it. No, no I'm only kidding. Um, ask people who have had one. Ask people who have tried a few. So as I said in our previous episode, um, get into a group of business owners, whether that's trade-specific or not, not necessarily. Obviously, trade business owners are going to give you a more trade-focused um, round of feedback. Uh, so if you're not in our group, uh, you, you can tap into more than 2,000 trade business owners in the Tradies in Business Facebook group. Um, you're welcome to go and join that for free. It is a private group. Uh, there are no business coaches in that group. So mm -hmm. you can actually ask open, honest, well, other than us, um, open, honest questions of the other members of that group and um, most of which are not our clients. There you go. There's an admission for you, listeners. No, it's true. There's a lot of people in there that are being coached by other business coaches, yes. many yes. others, and we support that. We think we just think that every business should have a coach. It doesn't have to be us. So Absolutely. you will get some fantastic feedback in the group if you've got questions. Please, uh, you just need to search the group's function on Facebook for Tradies and Business and answer a couple of questions because we need to make sure that you actually have a trade business. And that's it. It's as simple as that. It's not hard at all. We look forward to seeing you there. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.